We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. R.I.P. Raquel Welch. Oh, it's an all-timer right there. 82 years old. Forever a sex symbol. What say there, fussy britches? Do you like talking? You got the other poster in Shawshank? Um, Raquel Welch and... Oh, God. You got to have it, Tanny. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Uh, I like this better, though. <laughs> Raquel. Uh, hmm. It was lovely, Raquel. I can't remember now. Um, Greta Garbo? No. No nope. close. Jane Need Mansfield? It. Nope. I understand you're a man that knows how to get things. Yeah, I'm known to locate certain things from time to time. What do you want? Rita Hayworth. I'm an idiot. I don't have a stuff down in front of my pants right now, I'm sorry to say. But I'll get her. I'm such an idiot. The story is called Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, the original Stephen King novella. <laughs> yeah. I'm a complete sure nutter idiot. It is. <laughs> yeah. Wait. It's in different seasons, which also has uh, The Body, which became Stand By Me. You don't have to prove all that you know if, just because you didn't know the question. I blew it, though. I did know it, and then I didn't Classic know Classic overcompensation. <laughs> and you blew it. You blew it. I've seen it a thousand <laughs> you, times. You know me too well. Rick she was Seinfeld cameo, too. What the hell is that? Are you making fun of my dancing? <gasps> Aren't you Raquel Welch? You're going down. <laughs> <laughs> Fight. It's up there with the Mel Torme Seinfeld moment. All right. This is a beautiful eulogy that we just did. <laughs> meaningful. It's beautifully put. Sorry for your loss. R.I.P. to Raquel Welch. Wait. Did you hear the one about the Pope and Raquel Welch and the lifeboat? Mm-hmm. Huh? <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> Wally. One, one, two, three. And here we go, Jeff. Here we go. Here we go, Jeff. Here we go, Tony. The Parkins and Spiegel Show, afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I mean, if that doesn't elicit emotion, if that wasn't a tearjerker for you, yeah. just I mean, make you just sure, come to the wrong show. Make sure the next time an 82-year-old former sex symbol dies that you come right here. <laughs> yeah, it's, for it's, rock em, sock em. <laughs> it's our wheelhouse. Three-minute obit full of, of pathos and... Uh, and, and smart conversation. I'm just shocked you didn't get more of a Goodfellas treatment. Because that's normally the really sentimental obit that we do here. Man, that was uh, reliving that. I felt like we owed her a bit more, frankly. <laughs> Don't you think? I feel like we could have done better. I mean, if she, you know, she got she got to be brought back the next day. And if that's, that's not, true, if that's not immortality, that's true. To be in a Chris Tannehill open after you die. Excellent point. You know, good Ex- for her. Excellent point. Congrats, Raquel. <laughs> One of the biggest honors, I'm sure, uh, of her posthumous career. But uh, we only have a minute or two here before we'll step aside and get ready to have a bunch of time with Jameson Tyone, the the biggest uh, pitching acquisition of the Cubs offseason. So the Bulls blew uh, another game last night. They're the best. They, they're really good at it. They've lost five in a row. They haven't won since the trade deadline. <laughs> and so, you know, they go from 28 games to, you know, to the 20, what's 24 games uh, remaining now. And it's, um, 
we can we can talk about the three point shooting. We can talk about the offense and the stretches where it was good. We could talk about Dalen Tenor, uh, Terry's energy and all that's fine. I just thought that it was, it was appropriate to do a little thing I like to call reading the standings. Okay, there are five teams in the NBA with fewer wins than the Bulls. It's pretty amazing. Five. They're tied with <laughs> Indiana for twenty six wins now. Yeah, and they and they will not catch some of the teams that are worse than them, and maybe they'll play a little bit better and finish with more wins than eight or nine teams because a bunch of teams are are bunched up, right? Houston has 13 wins, San Antonio 14 wins, Detroit 15, Charlotte 17. Going to be tough to catch any of those. You're not catching any of those teams for a bottom four win team. Right now you're tied for fifth fewest wins with, with Indiana at 26, and there's a bunch of teams mm-hmm. at 27, 28, 29, 26 wins. So you're you're in a huge group of suck uh, that could go any direction here. But it's kind of amazing that if the last 24 games go poorly, mm-hmm. you could finish with the fifth fewest wins in the NBA, and you get to keep your pick if you're in the top four. Yeah. So you only need the slightest bit of lottery luck to keep your pick if this skid continues. That's fairly remarkable given what they were supposed to be. Danny, I went to tankathon.com and I simulated the lottery. And you can keep hitting the button to keep simulating the lottery based on the current standings. Took me nine tries for the Bulls to get to the number two pick. Took Mm. me 20 tries for the Bulls to get the number one pick. Now, you've had a wild morning. (laughs) Thankfully, you don't have to wait. There's no refractory period. You can just hit the button. (laughs) You just click 20 times. Very quickly. Very quickly. But I I kept looking. So it it took me 20 simulations, and they got Wembenyama, the the, uh, undoubted number one pick. But if they had the number two pick, they get Scoot. Yeah, I mean, anything that results in them missing the playoffs and keeping their first-round pick – massive win at this point. I mean, Wembenyama or Scoot would be the biggest wins. Wembenyama would be generational. But just keeping an asset and infusing more young talent into the team that so clearly needs it would be huge. But coming up next, Jameson Tyone, interesting dude, uh, got advice from Anthony Rizzo, fell in love with Wrigley, apparently is changing his curveball. Uh, big bourbon guy, big restaurant guy. We're going to meet the newest Cubs frontline pitcher. Jameson Tyone next on The Score. And now you're listening to Perkins and Spiegel on 670 to score. Expecting a call from Jamison Tyone in a matter of moments from Cub Spring Training in Arizona. Scott Pioli going to join us at 3 o'clock for the daily Bears check-in conversation. Off-season hypotheticals, thought experiments, the segment to be titled later. I thought it was Shane and Chris dig into the draft. Shane and Chris dig into the draft. As yeah. given to us by uh, by the, the, the great Jim Ursay. That's right. We also have Dave Matthews tickets to give away today. If you hear some Dave Matthews band uh, songs at any point during the show, uh, call up 312-540-0670. You'd be the sixth caller. You can win some uh, DMB tickets. And we're, uh, we're also waiting for the winners of the Dave Matthews impression contest who are emailing Shane. That's tomorrow's uh, version of, of the winners of the DMB tickets. Yeah, d- uh, send a direct message or an email, shane.reardon at odyssey.com of your impression of Dave Matthews, and uh, that's how we'll give away the tickets on tomorrow's show. But without further ado... 
New Cubs pitcher, Jameson Tyone. The Yankees are sending Jameson Tyone out to the mound. There are players that will that will sort of always, you know, go to the last dollar, and that's their right. But there's also, you know, players that are, you know, really focused on fit or, 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 or you know, places they think they can really improve their career. And, and I got the sense with Jameson, he was definitely in that category. Swing and a miss. Bichette down on strikes. Struck him out swinging good fastball. Swing and a miss. Big strikeout for Tyone. We you know, like the profile. I feel like he's been... He's been, you know, been in a major market. You know, he throws strikes. He feel like he's got, he's got good stuff. And we knew he had great makeup. Swing and a miss. How about Jamison Tyone? He drops that one in there. Breaking ball, strike three. Anyone that knows Craig Breslow knows that when he can really engage someone on pitching, he's incredible. And uh, Jamison's really smart, you know, really thoughtful on pitching. And uh, I wasn't surprised that they kind of pitching geeked out for, you know, a bunch of hours. And um, I knew that went well. 2-2. Goes down swinging. Tyone on the outside corner for called strike three. Eight strikeout for Tyone. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons on the score. Thrilled to be joined by Jameson Tyone on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Jameson, thanks for the time, man. How are you doing today? Yeah, that was a cool little intro there. <laughs> thanks for having me on. Absolutely, we're uh, we're excited to to get to know you a little bit. So uh, we appreciate it. Our our producer actually uh, talked to you at Cubs convention and said he's like Jameson's just a, a real sweet t- sweetheart, great guy to talk to. Loves bourbon, loves restaurants. You guys are gonna love him. So is that true? Are you a big bourbon guy? Big bourbon guy, big restaurant guy. I like to get out there in the cities that I play in and, and you know, get to know them. And I think one of the best ways you can do that is kind of like eating and drinking your, your way through it. Coffee, I love bourbon, I love restaurants, I love getting out there and exploring um, and all that. So I'm excited to, to take on Chicago and get this all going. Got a favorite bourbon you want to shout out that people ought to try and think of you? Um, I'll just say, like, you know, there's so many bourbons that are really, really tough to get to you know, find in restaurants or uh, liquor stores and all that. But something that I can find like pretty easily is uh, like a Russell's Reserve single barrel, like 10 year. Um, and if it's a store pick of that, that would be like something that I can find at any liquor store and really enjoy it. Oh, nods of approval from across the glass here at the radio station there, Jameson. And, of course, you like coffee because that's what you need the next morning um, before you get ready for the day. And I know you're a pour-over guy in New York. I'm a Chemex guy myself. Um, but have you and Ian Happ set up a shared coffee setup out there in Mesa? Because the, the regular stuff they have there for the media is unimpressive. Uh, so I haven't, I'm not comfortable enough just yet, um, you know, getting all that going, but we actually have nitro cold brew on tap, which is pretty nice. I've been enjoying that. Um, and I, I, you know, I enjoy stopping for coffee on my way to the field or I'll buy cold brew, um, at the store and stuff to have it ready. But definitely by the time the season gets rocking and we have all those day games, I'm sure I'll have a pour over set up in the locker room. There you go. Perfect. And so, sorry, just what he's into the coffee. I'm more into the bourbon. Are you a collector? Like, will you pay above market price for it, or does that offend your sensibilities? So, I try not to. Okay. Um, but there are some bottles that I have that I've paid overpriced for. Um, but yeah, I, I really try my best not to. Um, yeah, I've got a, I've got a collection. I wouldn't say I'm a collector, but I have a decent collection. Okay, so we'll at some point, hey, and why not splurge on what you like? But uh, yeah. J- Jameson Tyone is with us. We're looking forward to uh, you going through Chicago and giving us your restaurant reviews once you get to town and have a little bit more information about it. But uh, 
The stories of you choosing Chicago, you heard Jed in that intro say that, you know, he got the sense that you weren't the guy who was out for necessarily the top dollar. We know you talked to ex-Cubs. Can you just tell us about the match and the recruitment process, them to you and you to them? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, definitely, and I heard it in that video too, like, I wasn't really interested in dragging out my free agency, um, you know, until spring training or anything like that. Um, I have this like sincere feeling that I have more to offer. I feel like I have another gear that I should be capable of hitting. And I felt like the best way to achieve that was like one to get on board with a good organization, like the Cubs with good pitching coaches and a good pitching department and a good catching situation and a good defense. Like they checked a lot of the boxes for me, but also just to get on board early so I could have that communication throughout the offseason, <clears throat> you know, send Tommy Hadovy and Daniel Moscos and those guys like my pitching videos and like my drill work and what I was working on just to get familiar with each other. So now that, you know, once spring training gets rolling, it's like, I feel like I've known these guys like the staff and stuff for months already. Like, it's not like we're in that introduction phase, like we're going to work. That's really cool. I, it, it, you talk to a few different teams that there used to be this, obvious truth that some organizations were ahead of others in terms of game prep and pitch science and the kind of infrastructure that you're talking about. A lot of people think that like most teams have caught up. Is there still that, that divide where some teams are better than others? Do the Cubs have an advantage in that way? I, I think so. Something that I've seen just from my short time with the Cubs is that a lot of organizations have access to the information. Like there's no secret, like, track man and the biomechanics stuff pitching labs like those are all very useful and having weighted ball routines and having you know high high speed video for your releases and stuff but i think what the cubs do well that i heard when i was you know going through the process and that i've seen um since i've been here is that the communications next level like it's one thing to say oh you have an inefficiency with your lower half and your mechanics it's another for the pitching coach to go to the strength staff and be like hey, we're going to train this inefficiency in the weight room. Like, we're going to get you doing, like, med ball drills or we're going to get you um, on a different workout routine just to try to address some of these things. And so far, like, the Cubs are very proactive about these things. And the communication between, like, PTs and strength coaches and all that has been, like, very impressive. Jameson Tayo, new Cubs pitcher, is our guest. So you said, you know, there's another gear that you think you can get to. can you quantify that or go into further detail, whether it's in stated goals for this year or how do you see yourself? Like if you reach that next level, what does that look like for the common fan? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've got a nice foundation and a nice base under me. Like I know how to go out there take the ball every fifth day and compete at the big league level. Um, but that being said, like I think sometimes the longer you've played in the big leagues, the more you just get kind of, cast into a like you know you are who you are you're gonna be who you are we're not gonna improve that like um and i just don't really fully believe in that like i don't think i'm a finished product i might be 31 years old but like i just don't believe that i think you know i'm not content with having 170 innings and a 390 ra like i think i have more to offer um you know and i'm willing to put in the work to find that to reach that next level so that's kind of where I'm coming from is just like, I don't think anyone is a finished product and all the successful guys I've been around, like the Garrett Coles and even the Aaron judges are always like talking, learning, listening, trying to figure things out. And so 
um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, it, it's it's so funny around baseball. A lot of times it's just, hey, you're really good at throwing that pitch. Why don't you throw it more? Your new teammate, Michael yeah. Fulmer, threw a slider like 24% of the time at the beginning of his career. Last year he threw it 64% of the time, you know? So, like, is that going to happen with you, your curve or something like that? Are we going to see a jump in your pitch mix? Yeah, so, I th- you know, we've definitely had these, these conversations, and you don't fully know until the season gets going. Like, it's one thing in spring training to say, like, you know, I'm going to throw my curveball more, which I do plan on throwing my curveball more this year. But, like, the hitters will kind of also let you know. Like, I'm guessing Fulmer, like, maybe their analytics department told them, hey, your slider's really dang good. Throw it. But, like, once you're out there and you're getting the results that you desire, that's when you're like, okay, like, if I'm getting swing and miss on my curveball, I will throw it more. But, uh, you know, it's one thing to say in spring training you're going to do something. It's, it's another once, like, you know, the stats count against the back of your baseball card and the team's wins and losses and stuff. So, We'll see where we end up, but I'm tinkering with the new slider. I do plan on throwing my curveball more. I plan on throwing my cutter a little more. Um, but we'll kind of just go out there in the games in spring training with the intent to put that to work, and we'll see where we end up. New Cubs pitcher Jamison Tyone is with us here on Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. Um, you're one of the guys that we hear about for this pitching staff. These guys, they're going to pitch to weak contact, and then the defense is going to gobble up all these balls. And – is that something you think about? Like, how do you pitch to weak contact? Do you aim for the handle? Do you aim for the hands? Like, what's, what's the mindset on that for a pitcher? Um, so, I think there's a few things. Like, obviously, swing and miss is kind of sexy, and it looks good <laughs> on your numbers. But you have to know, like, when do you want to hunt swing and miss? When do you want to hunt weak contact? Like, maybe if my pitch count's high and the bullpen's taxed and we're in the middle of a 15 games in a row stretch, like, I need to get weak contact and work through this lineup as quick as possible and, you know, go deep into the game and having a good defense behind you and having a good catching situation and stuff will help with that. But like weak contact's not always on the hands. It could be, you know, a slider down and away for a ground ball, or it could be, you know, all sorts of different things. So just depends on the hitter, depends on the scouting report. Um, and that's something that like the catchers and the pitching coaches and everyone kind of works on together. Jed said, you know, one of the things was, He's pitched in a big market before. What's the difference for, like, experientially from 82 wins as a peak in your, I think, four years with the Pirates, Yankees, and Cubs? What's the difference between small market and big market baseball life? Um, I mean, I would say, like, I walked through the door in, in New York, and it was, like, instant, like, uh, expectations changed a little bit. Like, you walk through the door and everything they do is to win. Like it's not so much about development at that stage. It's more about winning. Um, the players are preparing on a whole, whole new level that I had never seen before. Not bashing anyone in Pittsburgh, but it was like, you're in there with Aaron judge and he's taking care of his business. Like, man, I need to pick up my game to like take care of my business. Um, so that was a big change for me. And then just big market, obviously more eyes on you. Um, you know, a little bit more pressure, but, I enjoyed it, to be honest. I thought the big market and the pressure and the expectations and and the winning and stuff like that, like, it only made me show up with a little more urgency every day, to be honest. See, that's that's interesting because you've been that guy. When you're in high school, you're, you know, people are like, oh, there's Steven Strasburg, and now the next guy is Jamison Tyone, and there's Josh Beckett. Like, you were that pitcher at the top, so you probably felt those expectations in high school, and it's not anything new. Yeah, and I, I think some of my experiences along the way, being a top prospect or having eyes on me when I was 18 years old, 17 years old, I think that all helps prepare you. But, like, 
when you play in a city like New York or Chicago, like I think you just have to get experience and, you know, perform in front of those eyes and get comfortable with it and stuff also. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like everything in life, kind of your experiences in the past, build you up to who you are and definitely help out. What Rizzo tell you about the Cubs? Well, one, he told me they were interested. And two, he kind of told me he still had a lot of good friends over there. Um, and obviously that it's a great city when you win. Um, and he said, you know, hey, if you get the opportunity, like you should take it. It's a, it's a great place to play, a great place to win. I think that's cool for Cubs fans to hear because, you know, that core meant so much to this city and this fan base. But then obviously you wanted them to all be Cubs for life and it didn't work. And then you get worried that he doesn't have good things to say or the memories aren't all fond. So I think that's reassuring what you're saying. Yeah, and I heard the same from like uh, Scott Efros, who wasn't there as long, or like a Trevor Williams, who I'm close with, just like, you know, playing at Wrigley and getting the call that home and those fans in that city, like, depending obviously on who else is interested in everything, they were like, you know, if the Cubs show interest in free agency, you have to consider it. Um, so when the Cubs called on day one of free agency, I was pretty, pretty freaking excited about it. I hope Rizzo gave you some good dirt on Ross. You know, it's not like, oh, good point. Right. Like uh, his favorite karaoke song or it's, it's some way to set him up because uh, somebody needs to chop that guy down to size, Jameson. And you're the guy to do it. <laughs> I I don't have any dirt on him, to be honest. Oh. We'll, see, we'll see where this year takes us. Though. I'll see if I can get anything. Jameson, this was fun, man. Thank you. Don't be a stranger to the show. We hope to do it again soon. And good luck this year. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Talk to you guys later. See Appreciate you. it. That's Jameson Tyone with us on the score. I uh, suppose he loves talking pitching, loves thinking pitching. and uh, Seemed we, like it. Yeah, Seemed... we, we had nothing to surprise him, that's for sure. Yeah, no. He's ready to go. Cerebral guy. Yep. Easy to easy to root for. You can tell that he probably pays over market price for bourbon. I mean, if you, could, <laughs> if you, could, you sign a $68 million contract, why, I guess I guess I should have asked that one last follow. What's the most you've ever paid for a bottle of bourbon? So he he, do, he legit doesn't because we talked about that at the social. He has a, an uncle or like a brother-in-law or something that works for Buffalo Trace, and he asked him, hey, I'm getting into bourbon. Can you send me some of your allocated stuff, like the nicer stuff? He's just like, no, we, we can't do that. We're not allowed to do that. And he won't even go and then buy it at above market. Wow. I don't blame him. I don't do it either. No, I mean, he, he said he'd like done it before. but Different he re- salaries. Really but. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. But, but some of those things feel like a racket, like just an invented market all of a sudden. Like it is an go, invented market. Yeah, you go find yeah. it at a store and buy it. That's, that's how it should work. I mean, yeah, but it's, it's not an invented market. If people are willing to pay it, no, but it's, no, I think it is an invented market. And then, yeah, it's just, it's so inflated. Like one of Buffalo Trace's best Weller special reserve retails at like $26. Then you can't get it for less than 75 here. It's outrageous. That's too much of a profit. How about that? Just like reputationally among players in baseball. If the Cubs are interested, you should sign. You there. should, if, and he, he talked like, to Trevor. Ty goes to the Cubs. Trevor Williams is a veteran who had a cup of coffee here. Scott Efros is a kid who came up through the system and got traded away. And Rizzo, as we know, had an entire life and career here. And all three of them said, "If they ask, you should go." It's pretty cool. Uh, we'll talk to Scott Pioli. More to react to there. We'll be back soon. Parker Spiegel. On the, oh nope. I'm an idiot. Again, <laughs> when we do that, thirty guests. He's the best. We don't break. He's the best. Ah! He's the king. He's so good at so many things. King bleep, dude. Yeah. Not, not trying to break when you don't have to is king bleep. This is the one, this is the one aspect I keep forgetting. of his life.
that he's terrible at. Everything else. No, no, no. No, This is it. This is it. Thank you. Remembering the break is not till 255. Let's get us on track here. All right. No one cares about that. These guys, they're going to pitch to weak contact, and then the defense is going to gobble up these balls. Hey, man. Yeah, they are. That, I'm just oh, talking baseball, man. okay? Just because you, Tanny, are such a child, notoriously the most childish among us. I mean, just because you can't hear that without giggling like a schoolboy. <laughs> that's good. That's, well, that's good stuff right. right there. Well, let's watch this infield do that all year long. Hosmer, Nico, Dansby. Wisdom or Morell just going to be gobbling up balls. All, Gobble up these balls. All season long. <laughs> That's almost as good as my uh, uh, my Owen story of uh, when I said it twice. Yeah, I heard uh, about that. It was a mistake. I heard about it, but never. I didn't hear it as it's, I was on. Uh, I not- feel a poo coming. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a poo coming. <laughs> yeah. He, it's what he does when he wants to get out of bed at night so danny did an impression of owen that really stands in history as just danny saying that is yeah. what's going on i the- feel a poo coming yeah <laughs> so this is what we do that one this doesn't is what we get paid for that one doesn't have the urgency of the other one the other one is a little further along in the process that's right I feel a poo coming. <laughs> well, the second one is when danny and steph neglect him and don't go to the room ah, after he says it the first time that's right oh. I thought it was just as Danny was, was approaching the bathroom from the studio. He was making the long walk. It's mortifying. Yeah. It's absolutely mortifying. Rambling grimace. <laughs> so terrible. Oh, God. Yeah. I've been there. Thank We've you all to been P- there. Thank you to Peoria, Matt. Uh, Danny, the show ends at 6. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. So we could have kept Jameson a few minutes longer than maybe. He got enough out of him. No, yeah, I, think, yeah. I, think it was, I think it was great. I, yeah, I, I no, like that, dude. Yeah. I, I like that you have a bourbon history. Um, we, we have, you're establishing a coffee history. Uh, did you tell him about one of your favorite restaurants in town? Yeah. We talked about Rosemary. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, he good. hasn't been there yet. His favorite's been Avec so far, but speaking of bourbon and him, we set odds over here, whether or not one of you guys would say, so Jameson, you like to drink Jameson? I thought about <laughs> it. We set it at two twenty. Yeah. I, I, I thought about it. You were named after Sh- Shane. Let me, whiskey. let me help you on that. A Jameson's an Irish whiskey. It's yeah. not a bourbon. So why yeah, but would he we just bother? likes whiskey? Uh, okay, but you told, you said bourbon to us. We know what's so bourbon and what's We curated okay, the sorry. conversation to I'm just sorry. bourbon only. You want me to step in on bourbon and buddy? Sure. You, want you me can step do an episode. Yeah. We're all waiting for that call. Yeah. <laughs> it's never coming. Yeah, all three of us. Uh-huh. Not really buddies. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not the only one keeping tabs on podcasts that haven't invited me. <laughs> you know those. Yeah, There's a few of those. Oh, you can come on one uh, ST ampersand pod in the off season anytime, buddy. I'm good, man. Thank You're you. You're good. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate I was that. never invited on Beat the Street. Uh, <laughs> no, you weren't. It's true. So, I don't like going on podcasts that have punctuation in the middle. I think it's just, I, I understand. A long time anti-punctuation <laughs> podcast guy. I get it. Is an ampersand punctuation? I think. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Is the punctuation mark, right? Doesn't you call an exclamation point a punctuation mark? Oh, punctuation mark, he ruins every <laughs> fantasy football <laughs> gathering that we have. He really does. He's so punctual. Mm. Um, you know what? I wish we did have a break. <laughs> no. No. This is better. 
This is much better. I think it is. I hope it is. Yeah. Tell you what, man. Dexter says ex-Cubs recommend the team. Good thing players like playing for the Cubs because being a fan of the team straight up blows. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, yeah, but I will say this idea. I do think it is good to remember that people do. They, their reputation within the game is not taken nearly the hit that it has in some segments of the fan base. Oh, it's it's massively important. People talk. You know, and for for decades, this organization counted on the charm and feel of Wrigley Field. And to be clear, that's still an issue. Tyon spoke in his uh in his in his opening like Zoom where he, where he met with reporters about when 2016 when he was a young Pirates pitcher and he walked into Wrigley and he's like, "Wow, man, this place feels cool." Yada yada. But the way you are treated it matters the way and and the fact that we have three different profiles like we talked about Trevor Williams a vet with a cup of coffee F Ross who came through the system got traded at the deadline yeah. and still said man you got to go there and then Rizzo lived a whole life it matters because when Dansby Swanson is making his choice and there are all of a sudden seven teams that might pay him what he wants to get paid, something breaks the tie and sometimes it is going to be as it was for Jamison Tyone are they smart? Do they take care of me? Do they have a plan for me? They sent him videos. They schemed up how to help him reach that next gear. He gives a crap, and and the good vibes and the good reputations do indeed matter. Yeah, and it's better to have that going for you than not. Most times it goes to the highest bidder in free agency, but in the, in baseball with guaranteed contracts and so much money. Multiple high bidders. Yeah, multiple high bidders. It's good to have those things on your side. Uh, Scott Pioli... Interesting dude, smart dude, covered him when I was in Kansas City. He's now with the NFL Network. He's going to join us for our Bears conversation that we're promising you every day between now and the draft at 3 o'clock. What would they get for Bryce Young? What would they get for Justin Fields? What does he think they should do? He's got insights. We'll ask him questions. That's how it works. Scott Pioli, next on the scope. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.